The lesson today is from the 21st chapter of Revelation. The New Heaven and the New Earth. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain any more, for the former things have passed away. And he who was seated on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. Also, he said, Write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. And he said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty I will give from the spring of the water of life without payment. The one who conquers will have this heritage, and I will be his God, and he will be my son. But as for the cowardly, the faithless, the detestable, as for murderers, the sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars, their portion will be in the lake that burns with fire and sulfur, which is the second death. The word of the Lord. As we come to this word in Revelation again today, uh, I am struck by the hope that we hear. And as I think about that hope, it makes me think of this reality in the world that we live in that you and I right now are living in what filmmakers would call a prequel. Now, a prequel is uh, popular these days, and uh, as an aside, I could go on a whole epistle about uh, the uh, messages being preached in film today and for uh, us to have our guard up like the seven churches were called to do in their culture. But nevertheless, uh, I'm going to focus on this idea of prequel. If you're a fan of superheroes, then you know it's a popular motif to uh, have a movie that gives their backstory. That after seeing their superhero deeds and uh, all of a sudden you go back in time in this other prequel to discover uh, their origin. Of course, we've seen it most clearly in the Star Wars series, starting with episode four, right? And then going back to episodes one, two, and three. And when you watch a prequel and you see your favorite hero or star and they are in danger or in trouble, In the back of your mind, as uh, 
as well as the director and the actors might uh, tug at your emotions in suspense, you know, because you've seen the other movie, they're going to make it, right? (laughs) And that's why I share with you today that you and I were living in a prequel. When we hear this word of hope in Revelation 21. We discover that whatever suspense, whatever danger, whatever hardship that you and I may be facing, oh, it's very real and some days very hard. And there are losses along the way, but even those losses that we have, like in a prequel, are tempered with the knowledge that we don't go in vain. That in fact, there is a hope at the end of this story, a sure and certain hope in Jesus Christ, our Lord. And as hard as it is in the reality that the church faces today, with Statistics hitting the news all the time, and we'll spend more time uh, in them in a later series talking about the lack of faith in uh, and among our neighbors these days. The reality is, is that there is a hope and a reason for us to share it. For a new heaven and a new earth will be revealed. We might get discouraged some days in this prequel by this reality we might feel like the story's coming to an end too quickly but then we must remember that this is just the first episode the world that seems so far away from God think about the Roman world and the hardship that the church faced as we've heard amongst these seven churches in Revelation And so they hear in the next chapters, chapters 4 to 22, vivid images, powerful images of hope that will sustain these seven churches. And it is, as one pastor put it, a fact of history that it sustained the church. These words did their job. These words from the Lord The first three centuries of the church's history, as many scholars will attest, was full of hardship. And until after 325 AD, it was oftentimes illegal to be a follower of Jesus in many communities. The hardship that they faced and endured, some of which we endure today, but my I say quite a bit, we don't have to endure, at least not in this land. This endurance that they were able to sustain was because they heard the promise, the promise read before us today. And if it sustained them, it will sustain us now to be bold like they were, to be bold, like martyrs are yet still today in several parts of the world.
And so we hear this promise that can sustain you and me to be keepers of the word, proclaimers of it. When God comes to dwell with us, as we hear in this reading, he comes and covenants. He doesn't just move in. He promises with a covenant, a promise that he says, as we hear throughout the scriptures from Old Testament to New, I will be your God and you will be my people from Abraham to beautiful relationships like in the book of Ruth when Naomi promised never to leave, giving us that image of fidelity. And as he led his disciples, as he called the lame and the weak and invited all to his banqueting table, Jesus does. He calls us to the same hope. And this new heaven and new earth that we hear about in today's reading is best understood, as one scholar put it, when we read that word new in Greek in terms of something that has a qualitatively transformational effect. It's not an outright new creation like in Genesis 1, ex nihilo, in Latin, out of nothing, but rather a qualitatively transformed fundamental change. He's restoring Eden. He's creating and recreating heaven and earth. That same promise comes to us from the book of Isaiah and gets echoed here when we hear, Behold, I make all things new. That same phrase in Greek in the Septuagint, the Old Testament in Greek is used precisely here. Behold, I make all things new. Or from the Gospel of John, when we hear in chapter 1 that he was the word and dwelt among us, that word tabernacled, the use of the future tense here in chapter 21, to dwell, to tent. The same word now is a completed action. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. These promises are overlapping and repeated so that we hear it, so that we get it, so that we remember when we are facing a hard ship that seems like we can never overcome it. He lets us know that we're just in the prequel. And this future is personal. Relationships. Relationships are restored for all those in Christ Jesus. We can understand why relationships are so important as God himself lives in relationships, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And here we hear the Father speaking at the beginning of chapter 21 in the same way that the Father spoke at the beginning of chapter 1. In fact, in between it was often ascribed to Jesus. But both of these places we find that God the Father now is speaking, interesting as he talks about a new heaven and a new earth, a new beginning from God the Father. A hint back to Genesis. 
So now we know that in this prequel life that we live with the hope that we know is sure and certain, a hope that sustained the church these 2,000 years, we can be bold. We can be bold in sharing our faith. Even when it's difficult, we can be bold in remaining faithful to the word. Some have said, and you've even heard me uh, come after this phrase in the past, uh, some say we can be so heavenly minded that we're no earthly good. And I think that that is just a misnomer. Because if we're heavenly minded, as we hear in Revelation 21, we can't help but be earthly good because we discover that human life really does matter, that God's plan will not be thwarted, that it's just not all, not all going to circle downward. In fact, the whole concept, I I heard one pastor point out of human progress, that whole idea that things will get better come from a biblical world view because of this hope. Doing good, therefore, is worth it. Sharing the gospel, therefore, regardless of how those we share it with receive the gift is worth it when we share it in truth and in love. Living differently is worth it. It's no mere fantasy. It's a sure and certain promise that we can base our lives on. Sadly, this week, however, some still believe it's a fantasy. Former California governor and uh, famous actor Arnold Schwarzenegger, you know who's famous for saying, I'll be back, right? Actually doesn't think we will be. He's quoted this week in the news that heaven is just a fantasy. A fantasy, he said. It's interesting, that use of that word. J.R. Tolkien, as one pastor pointed out, was famous for talking about how attracted we are to fantasies. In fact, if you, as that pastor will go on to point out, if you walk today into the fantasy section of a bookstore, you'd see it might be the largest one. J.R. Tolkien will write that we're attracted to these fantastic stories. Of course, that he was known to write, Tolkien was, because it takes us out of time. It leads us to the possibility of escaping death or having love and relationship that will never end. Love without parting is a human longing. And that good would finally triumph over evil. A Tolkien, being a Christian, said, because we have this hope is largely because we have a memory traced deep in our souls. No matter what you think, you say you believe, deep in our souls, we know that that's how things should be. So we long for it in art or in the movies or in our reading. 
Because that's what we were made for. And so to quote a, a pastor who thought about this, he said, the concrete wall between fantasy, the fantasy that Schwarzenegger would talk about this week, and reality became no longer separate when Jesus rose from the dead. That moment that he rose from the dead, he punched a hole in that concrete wall. This is the hope that sustains us. This is the hope that sustained these seven churches. This is the hope that we've been preaching these several weeks together. Hope that sustains us from fantasy to reality. That Jesus rose from the dead. And if you wrestle with this, I can understand asking questions, but take the time then to investigate, to see that we don't put our hope in some fantasy. We put our hope in a reality, a sure and certain one testified through history and revealed in so many ways. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, take the time to investigate. For this hope does lead us to not be thwarted by time, to escape death, to have love without parting in the end, because we know that right now, if we're separated, it's just during the prequel, and the final story has yet to be told. In the letter to the church in Revelation in chapter 3, which, by the way, our reading today hints at, even quotes chapters 1, 2, and 3, I counted at least 9 or 10 times and refers back to it. The church in Philadelphia was blessed and pronounced as being faithful, even in the midst of of persecution and difficulty because they held on to this hope. Yeah, I can understand why someone like Schwarzenegger might think it's a fantasy, but when we investigate it, we discover a history proclaimed for 2,000 years, tested and true, with eyewitnesses, with lives changed, with evidence, as one author put it some years ago, that demands a verdict. And so this witness, this Alpha and Omega, this beginning, this and this Jesus calls us into his presence today. No, the churches in the first three centuries and certainly the seven that we've examined had no reason to remain earthly faithful, but because they were heavenly minded by this promise, they impacted the history of the world overwhelmingly for good. Their heavenly mindedness did earthly good. Will it be so for you and for me today? 
where fantasy becomes reality in this sure and certain promise by Jesus to call us to be bold witnesses because we know the beginning and the end, the Alpha and Omega, and the one who holds it all in his hands, who says to you and to me today, he will wipe every tear from their eyes and death shall be no more Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. This sure and certain hope is ours. When we live in this prequel, we anchor our hope in this truth, the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.